You're listening to Guide to Brides the Wedding Podcast. I'm Amelia. And I'm Nikita, and we're so excited to discuss all things weddings with you. Yes, we'll be covering trends, practical planning tips, and more. And of course, we'll have a few special guests along the way. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Guide to Brides the Wedding Podcast. Yes, hello again, everyone. How's the wedding planning going? We hope that after the last episode, you and your partner were able to have a sit down and just plan out the rest of your wedding planning uh, so you know where you currently are with your planning and what's left on the list. Yeah, absolutely. And now I'm I'm very excited today (laughs) because yeah, we're going to be discussing bridal wear. Personally, I think this is one of the most anticipated moments of a bride's wedding planning journey. And I'm pretty sure the majority of people will agree with me on that. Um, But also maybe one of the most overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, there are so many options out there that if you haven't already spent time thinking about what you want, you might just not know where to start at all. Um, Obviously, there is a lot of information about bridal wear out there, so we would never be able to fit all of it into a single episode. Oh God, absolutely not. There's just too much. Um, So today we'll be covering the basics and to help us out, we've called in an expert. Yes, welcome Ellie Sanderson. Hello and thank you for calling me an expert. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the invite along to chat to you girls today as well. We're so excited to have you with us, Ellie. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. And before we get stuck into it, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, certainly. Um, I'm Ellie Sanderson. I have two luxury uh, bridal boutiques in the home counties. Um, We've been established for 15 years and we sell um, to the luxury end of the market. The dresses start around £1,500. And for that, you can get Suzanne Neville, Sassy Holford, Jesus Puero. So something a little bit different. But what makes it a little bit more special than just buying uh, a regular wedding dress, because people will always ask this this question in terms of pricing, is that we're able to offer bespoke design changes. Um, Obviously the fabrics that we work in as well are mainly silk and luxury fabrics. And I've got really close working relationships with each of my suppliers. You know, the provenance of what we sell is really important to me. Um, And so I know them all personally. I've been to their workrooms. I know how they work. Um, Mm -hmm. And buying a dress from us, often about 80% of my collection is actually British made. So the lead times that we have on product delivery at the moment is, is really quite short compared to to most where dresses have to be shipped in from all across the world. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Ellie. And thanks for telling us what's so different about buying a designer wedding dress from you. We can't wait to hear more about how to shop for a wedding dress. And of course, with the current closures, more importantly, your launch of a virtual bridal appointment. Yeah, it's going to be quite an interesting discussion today. And of course, we also asked our Instagram followers if they had any questions for Ellie. Um, And we will be asking some of those at the end too. So grab yourself a drink and a snack if you like um, and get ready to dive into the wonderful world of bridal wear. Okay, so Ellie, many of our lovely listeners today may not have ever seriously thought about what they will wear on their wedding day before. So where would you suggest to them to start looking in terms of inspiration um, and the kinds of things they should think about before they start looking for their wedding outfit? Great question, Amelia, but I have to correct you. Most girls have always thought about buying their wedding dress. (laughs) Having just had a sale, I had three girls on there asked to buy a dress and they were hoping to be engaged on Valentine's Day, which is four days away. (laughs) Amazing. 
most girls have thought about it and most men are terrified that they have as well but um <laughs> yeah there's, there's so many so many places to to go to these days it's 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 good to have a list um and to start your start your research really obviously listing companies like guides for brides um i've been with guides for brides for 15 years i get lots of my brides connect with me on there and on there they can see the products that we sell um and really importantly to me as they can see over some 600 reviews from my customers over the years that tell them exactly what they think about us so i think that's a great place to start with reviews google reviews is also a brilliant place to look um before you start um sort of choosing bridal boutiques. Um, inspiration, social media is full of inspiration these days. And no doubt um, you will be scrolling and picking dresses and saving them to your Pinterest board. Absolutely. And yeah, we love to see Pinterest boards. Um, <laughs> we love to see them and we like to know how old they are as well. When did you get engaged last month? How old your Pinterest board? Five years. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds similar to, to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always very telling because uh, we know what kind of bride they're going to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so many things to think about at the moment um, in terms of, of how to start your wedding planning. Obviously, it's very different at the moment. And collection launches have changed slightly. I mean, we, at the moment, most bridal shops have new collections in and they all arrive towards the end of last year. So we are all itching to get back into our shops to start trying on with our brides the new collections because they are waiting to be tried on. Um, another great thing to do is, you know, once you kind of decide believe it or not you will start looking at things and all of a sudden you'll start to realize that there is one designer that you keep coming back to um and for example say it's a designer like Hughes Guerrero, one of the ones that I stock you know if you like two or three of their dresses the chances are you're going to like the whole collection um because that you've, you've identified your own style and your instincts will always take you to your own style you know if you like clean classic lines you're not going to turn up in a meringue with sparkles and butterflies stitched all over your dress for your wedding day so mm. it's quite an instinctive thing when you start your your bridal wear search and 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 wedding outfits are different at the moment you know yeah. you can wear trousers <laughs> you can wear jumpsuits <laughs> You can wear short dresses. There's all sorts of things that, you know, the last year of our lives has turned upside down. But yeah, so sum summarise that bit, really. I think what you need to do is get online, have a good look for review sites, um, have a good look at Google reviews in terms of helping you choose a bridal studio you want to go to, have a look through Pinterest, Instagram, find designers that you just keep getting drawn to. You're being drawn them to them for a reason. And then, you know, earmark them as designers that you like. And there will be something in common with all of those dresses that you pick with that designer. And then search out um, where those designers are stocked. And then that will help you sort of pull the whole, you know, where do you start together? Um, often you're like two designers. Um, and so, you know, you might end up visiting one bridal shop for one and another bridal shop for the other, which is absolutely fine. I often say to girls though, don't book more than two or three bridal shops when you start looking because the temptation is to book yourself one, two, three days of, you know, five or six shops. And after the third shop, everything just becomes an ivory blur. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is. So it's really important just to keep it keep it clean and focused and try not to allow the crazy to take over. How long before the wedding would you recommend that brides actually start looking for their bridal wear? 
Um, in, the, in a normal world, I always say six to nine months um, because dresses, you know, girls think that dresses are um, made and hanging in a big stock room. And when they come in and try them on and they, I go, you're a size 14, they think I just phone up the magic stock room and, and, and have that a size 14 delivered. And, you know, rightly so. Why wouldn't you think that? Because that's how it is when you shop online with ASOS or you shop in the high street. You know, that's how it is. But these yeah. items are all made to order um, and it's not just your dress that a supplier is making you know if I talk about Suzanne Neville she's got a team of seamstresses and she has to plan the production for those girls so she'll say right this girl makes the following three styles that's how skilled they are so they'll make the following three styles and we've sold 40 of those and therefore it's a weaker dress. And so she's got work for 40 weeks. So, you know, they do get to a point where production is full. So that's why we always say, give yourself six to nine months. And don't forget, Amelia, we need to fit the dresses as well. So <laughs> of course, yeah. It's not just the case of it's come in and we call you up and go, hi, your dress is here. Come and take her home and get married. Um, you know, we book you in for fittings. You have two fittings, a couple of months before the wedding and then a couple of weeks before the wedding. So there's all that process to take into consideration as well. So six to nine months is a good time to give yourself. And then you will still have full choice of everything that you look at, as opposed to going into a shop with three months to go and they say, you can't have the following 10 labels, but you can have this one. Yeah, you significantly limit your, um, your choices then, don't you? massively limit it um and so to have the full choice that's the best way to do it give yourself six to nine months that doesn't mean though that we can't turn a dress round in a month because i have <laughs> done you know it, it can be done but don't limit yourself to, to to six weeks or you really won't get the choice let's take a little bit of time to run through the basic lingo of bridal wear obviously uh, if you're going into a bridal store, you're going to be able to want to communicate effectively with the bridal boutique to let them know what you're looking for and what you like and what you don't like. So, Ellie, you're the expert on bridal wear here. So what sort of lingo or key terms do you suggest shoppers learn before their first appointment? Or would you say they don't need to learn any? Yeah, um, it's difficult because girls will come into the shop and they'll say, I want a dress that's A-line and then they pick a giant ball gown dress. Um, and it really is, it is a, it really is bride's language. Um, and it's very difficult to pigeonhole things. I think, I think leave, leave the lingo to us and just show us the pictures, you know, 15 years of experience with girls coming in and saying, I want a really plain dress. And then they pick the fluffiest dress in the shop. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> understand. Those two um, and the reality is they, you know, one, you know, my version of plain versus, you know, Nikita yours or Amelia yours is two different things so um so that's always quite tricky so for us it's when girls come in and they say I really want an a-line dress or I really want lace or I really want this we listen to what they're saying and then we say have a look around the shop and pick something that you're just drawn to um and and that helps great things for us I think I, you know I already said it is Pinterest is a, a brilliant source of of information because you know you won't know all the necklines, you know, whether it's a scoop or a V neckline or a low V backline or a bateau neckline, you know, you won't know all that lingo, but if you get the pictures, then we absolutely get 
get what you're talking about. So it's important to do the research from that point of view. And, and body shapes as well. I mean, this is another conversation you need to have with yourself at home in front of a mirror. Um, you know, just have a good look at your body and think, you know, over the years, I have worn fitted tops and loose bottoms. Why is that? Um, because, you know, I maybe feel a bit heavy around the tummy or I don't like my hips um, or vice versa. I feel top heavy. So I wear baggy tops and tight bottoms and, and be, be realistic about it because just because you're spending, you know, £1,500 on a wedding dress, your body shape is not going to change. We can enhance the good bits and play down the bad bits, but have the body shape conversation at home in privacy and so that you're realistic when you come into the shop and you start looking at dresses and we start showing you things as, you know, saying this shape is, is a good shape. But I think if I had to break it down into sort of fundamentals, there are probably three fundamental shapes. You know, there's a sort of column straight fishtail, which is quite minimal. And then in the middle, you've got sort of soft A-lines, which is halfway between a slim and a ball gown. And then at the other end, you have a ball gown, which is a full skirt. Um, and different body shapes suit different dresses. No question. You know, if you're five foot tall um, you, and you pull out a giant shaped ball gown, that's probably not going to work with your figure because you will end up as wide as you are tall. Um, and equally, you know, if you're really tall, you could wear something like that. You can carry it. So I always say, you know, think about your body, think about what suits you and be realistic about that. Um, be open with us. The more open you are with us, the easier it is. So, you know, if you come in and say, I hate my arms, which all girls say anyway, um, but I hate my mm -hmm. arms, um, but I love my shoulders or, you know, I've got a really tiny waist or got really good slim hips and my you know, boyfriend loves my bottom, then, you know, we, we know where to go with dress shapes. But the big thing is we'll try in lots of different things anyway. And how much research would you suggest brides do before booking an appointment? Because you've obviously mentioned a bit of research, but would you say like all the research they need to do is just that conversation with themselves in front of the mirror and then a bit of Pinterest searching? Or would you say that it's useful to go into depth a bit more and sort of figure out exactly what you're looking for? Um, I think I think Pinterest, revisual um, understanding of what you like. I think the body conversation needs to happen. I think the conversation of how much you want to spend or what your spend limits are is, is definite research you have to do. The worst thing in the world is to put on a dress that's two and a half thousand pound when you've got a one thousand pound spend. Um, because all, all that happens then is disappointment. So that conversation needs to happen. And I think once you've got all those ducks in line, the next stage is to start looking at shops, uh, bridal boutiques that sell designers that you're drawn to and again mm. just check check that you like the collection I mean you get a real essence for a business looking at its website because um, if you go all the way through the website and go there's one dress I like there I'm going to book an appointment but you don't like anything else then it's probably not going to be the best thing for you to do you've got to really like the essence of the collection every bridal shop owner has you know for example the essence of what I sell is I like to buy um, clean, modern, you know, stylish, beautiful, unfussy wedding dresses. That's the essence of what Ellie Sanderson sells. Um, so if you're looking for flamboyant, uh, Disney, pink and fluffy, I'm not the right studio to pick, but somebody else will be the right studio. So just do your research on, on the right studio, go onto their website, 
have a chat with them on Instagram, you know, have a chat with them on the website. We've just installed um, WhatsApp on our website and it's been fantastic because we get instant chat with our brides um, and we're able to say to them, you know, go ahead and book a virtual or go ahead and wait and book a, a real appointment coming into the shop. So, you know, connect with them, see if you like them. You know, the other thing is you've got to get into it. You're in a relationship with these people um, and these people being me. So, you know, if you don't like the sound of them and, you know, you find them dismissive or they're not answering your inquiries or they seem to be, you know, too busy to be bothered, you don't want to buy your wedding dress there because that's probably how you're going to be treated for the next nine months. And so it's really important that you get on board and you like the people you're talking to. You love the Instagram feed. You love the look of the website. You love the dresses you know what's going to suit you about those dresses and um, then proceed and book your appointment. I think that's all the sort of best research that you can do. When a bride actually then wants to book her appointment to go into the bridal boutique, um, you know, would she be waiting maybe a few weeks before she could come in or, you know, how long is the wait list as a general rule of thumb? Um, no, normally for weekend appointments with us, um, Amelia, it's about, it's about four, four weeks. Um, but right. you know, at the moment, everything is so different. We, I mean, we're doing virtual appointments at the moment and we're, we're fully booked this week and most of next week for virtual appointments. Um, and then we're in our heads planning to be open middle of March. Um, and so we've got girls that are booked in March, April, May, June already, you know, fingers crossed that they manage to come in. Um, but, uh, you know, don't don't expect to jump on the website on a Friday and go, I'm coming tomorrow because that you'll be disappointed um, because girls are organized, you know, at, particularly at the moment. You have to be organized with these things. But I think, you know, there is a process to this. Um, I've done loads of visual appointments, virtual appointments in the last few weeks, and they kind of short circuit the whole trying on session. So in a virtual appointment, we, right. you know, we things with them and then we say right okay go ahead and book your actual appointment in the shop so you can short circuit the timing but yeah give yourself at least a couple of weeks two to three weeks um particularly if it's a weekend appointment and the other thing we haven't talked about is um charges for appointments oh yes yeah and that's a that's a good one to sort of bring up really because we we do charge for appointments and all all luxury designer dress boutiques do charge for appointments um, and and, and I, I like to explain why we do that. Um, you know, many years ago when I didn't charge for appointments, what used to happen was people would book appointments to come in. And let's face it, who doesn't want to try on a Jenny Packham wedding dress? Or who doesn't want to put mm. on a Super wedding dress? Um, but knowing that you'll never be able to buy it, but you want to come in and play in it anyway. And I ended up with almost a three-month waiting list to get in. And a lot of the girls that were coming in, they were having a great time and they were, you know, really enjoying their appointments with us and they were trying on all these beautiful dresses. But 50% of them didn't really ever have the finance to pay for one of those designer dresses. And what was happening was um, they, were just, they were just playing in them and, and being, becoming heartbroken by not being able to afford it because they would inevitably fall in love with one. And so... Um, that coupled to the fact that we used to have about 25% no shows on a Saturday appointments, we decided mm. to introduce a, a, a small fee that we give you back when you buy a dress. 
So um, it's not like we're just we're trying to make money out of it. We're not. We're just trying to make a, a commitment, really, that a you want to come and try on these dresses because you're serious about possibly buying one if you find one you like. And B, that if you made the appointment, you're definitely going to come to the appointment rather than just making appointments and then deciding on the morning, I can't go. Because with a, a sort of like two month waiting list, I can't have appointments on a Saturday where we'll all just stand there hoping that, you know, Jodie's going to turn up for her appointment and Jodie decided she didn't feel like it because she's hung over. Um, mm. So that's kind of why we charge for appointments. It's 35 pounds for Saturday or weekend appointment um, and 20 pounds for a weekday appointment and 10 pounds for a virtual. So, you know, a round of drinks, if we're honest, um, and we give it back to you if you buy a dress. So I don't, I don't think that's too much. And to be fair, it's been in place now for three years and my brides are not unhappy with it. I've not had anybody saying I'm not paying you for an appointment. So, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's unreasonable to charge for an appointment Pure, purely because, um, you know, as you say, if you find the dress, you're going to you're going to lose nothing from it there. And also, the other thing, Nikita, is, you know, the girls that work in my shop, they're all they're all fully style trained. You know, it's not they're not just girls that I've randomly employed. Some of them have been with me you know, 10 years and eight years and six years. And, you know, they know each of our designers intimately. They know how these dresses are made um, and they have style experience. I mean, I've got girls that work for me. Girl, a bride can walk in the shop and we know what she's going to buy just by her style, her handbag, her shoes, her hair and nails, um, mm. pictures on her Pinterest board. We know within probably the first half an hour what's going to be her wedding dress and we're not often wrong um so you know that's 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 skill and and you pay for that skill it's not a case of you know there are studios out there where you go in and they'll say pick six dresses and we'll help you into them with some bulldog clips that's not really what we do it's very different that's very um you know it's quite it's, it's a it's a different sort of level of of care and consultation with a bride so how do you prepare for your bridal appointment? I've booked my appointment four weeks ago. I'm ready to come in. How do I prepare for that appointment? Okay, so we, we get this question a lot, um, Nikita. So um, things, things to think about are um, you know, who, who you're going to take with you in, in terms of your preparation. Um, that's really important because, if I'm honest, that's probably a conversation we have with every single bride and it takes... It takes a lot of discussion because you you know the, the the easy way to do this is just say right I'm going to invite every bridesmaid and my fiance's sister and my mother-in-law and my mum and you end up with a tribe of six people that start in age age groups of twenty to sixty-five. Um, that one shops in Marks and Spencers, one shops on uh, ASOS, Topshop, wherever, and they've all got different financial situations they've all got different tastes and likes and so you end up with six random uh, opinions and really the most important opinion in all of that is going to be for most girls their mum um you know if, if mum comes with you she's the one you'll look at who's your biggest <laughs> biggest critic and also probably your biggest fan and she's the one that will say to you honey it's not working your hips are big and get away with it or she's the one that can say to you I absolutely love this it's special but you also have to remember mum's you know probably 20 30 years older than you so what she thinks works um 
is not always necessarily what's in your head. And that's where your bestest friend comes in, the one that you would trust with your life, the one that you phone up at three o'clock in the morning if you've been dumped, <laughs> the one that you <laughs> ring on a Friday night with a bottle of wine for a chat, um, that person that you completely trust. And you can look at her and she can go no or yes and give you some really good advice. And, and the other thing as well is obviously we're impartial, so we're able to give advice and we, we do give impartial advice. So thinking about who you take with you is really important. Obviously, COVID has changed all of that for us because, you know, whereas before we would say to girls only bring three guests or so now or before we closed down, we had uh, we had one guest in. So you really picked your guest carefully. And also, you know, you can get other people in on it. But the worst thing you want is to come out in the dress that you stood in the fitting room and fallen in love with and talk to me about and said, this is it. I feel it. I feel it. I love it. And you walk out and the six faces all looking at you and you want every one of those faces to go, yay, you've nailed it. And only one loves it. You're crushed. You're absolutely crushed. And so for me, I would, I would just take one or two people with you, keep it tight, keep it close, keep it personal. Um, so that's a big thing to think about in terms of preparing for your appointment, who to take with you, believe it or not, is a big, big thing. Um, and then other things to think about, you know, who wants to put on wedding dresses when their hair's a mess and the makeup's a mess? I always say, you know, we always look, we always say, don't we? Oh, I look, I'd look better if I had a suntan or I'd look better if my hair was up or I'd look better if I had a bit of lippy on. So, you know, make some effort before you come. You know, do your hair, put in some pretty earrings that you think you might wear on your wedding day. Put on some makeup, not heavy makeup because we don't want it all over the dress. Um, but put on some makeup, look good, feel good. And then when you put on a dress, you can look in the mirror and go, actually, this looks fabulous. I look fabulous. And I know my wedding day, I'm going to look even more fabulous because I'm going to have professional hair and makeup done. My dress is going to fit me, but I get a really good idea of what I'm going to look like um, on, on the wedding day. So, you know, preparation, things like that. I know one of the other things we wanted to talk about is what you should wear to your appointment. And this is also a hilarious one um, because very few girls own a pair of nude knickers. Um, uh, and they turn up in black knickers or navy oh, no. navy knickers with Mickey Mouses on them. God, and <laughs> I always say, guys, you know, keep if you can do it, nude, 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 because wedding dresses are all ivory or white, and black knickers will show through. And when you're standing there looking your best in a beautiful dress that you love, and all you can see is black knickers shining through, there's going to start to be this little niggle that says. I'm going to look like this on my wedding day. We know you're not, but you're going to start to niggle. So <laughs> nude knickers. The number of girls that say, I love this dress, Ellie, but I need to come back with the right underwear and put it on again. So nude knickers, if you're going to wear a really tight fitted dress and you know you want something close, bring a pair of Spanx. We're not scared of them. Um, they are scary things, but bring a pair of Spanx in nude and pop them on so that you've got no, it's all about no lines. It's not about sucking in body shape. It's about giving you no visible panty line because if you bring knickers with bows on them or horseshoes, um, you will see those lumps and bumps through um, a clean dress. So yeah, so think about who you're going to bring, do your hair and makeup and wear nude knickers is the best advice in terms of preparing for your bridal appointment. We're going to talk about the virtual appointments a little bit in a minute. Um, but if I've got an in-store appointment, um, what should I expect? 
Okay, so you're coming in store, you've picked your clan, you've um, done your hair and makeup, and the first thing we start off with is just saying to you, right, Nikita, tell us all about your wedding day. Um, you know, when is it? Where is it? And then we ask you to describe the feel of your wedding day. Um, if I said, what's your wedding day like? Most people wouldn't know how to answer that. But if I said, describe the feel of your wedding day, you'll start to say things like, it's quite a, a private affair. It's um, the feeling is, it's going, you know, it's going to be an emotional day because of this, this and this. I want it to be intimate. I don't want it to be showy. Um, it's a very private occasion. And you'll start to give me all these words. And so, you know, based on the venue, based on you, how you look, what you're telling me, um, what's on your Pinterest board, I've already got a really good picture. You know, having done this job for 15 years, I do know most venues around the home county. So I'm looking at you, I'm looking at the venue, I'm listening to what you're telling me about the feel, and I'm getting a really good picture conjured up in my mind, and I'm starting to look at dresses. Um, so the next thing that we would do is we would um, obviously make your guests comfortable, and then we would ask you to pick a couple of dresses um, and just look around the collection and just see what you're instantly drawn to. And you know, we match that up with the dresses that you've already uh, talked about liking, um, and we just see yeah. where we go. And you wander around the room, and you'll maybe pick out the exactly the two dresses that you've already told us you're desperate to try on and those seriously are just a start point you know that's where our work then as stylist begins because you know we'll we'll put you in the dresses that you've picked obviously and then you know we suggest dresses to you it's your appointment you, you know it's your two hours but we like to use our skills to help you choose the right next few dresses so we listen to everything that you say when you're in a dress if you start saying things like I don't like how my tummy looks in this, or actually I thought I'd like sleeves, but I don't like the sleeves, or actually there's, I thought it would be more corseted than this, or this fabric's too shiny for me, or mm. I don't like lace, or mm -hmm. um, this dress is too corseted. So you say all these things to us, and our job as stylists is to listen to everything you're telling us because you know it's like a jigsaw puzzle. All the information you give us, we start to use our skills to then match, you know, map out where we go from there. So pick two dresses and then we start suggesting others. We'll pull out probably another six dresses. Um, not all at once, because again, we'll try something else that we think works. And we'll say, what do you think of this? This is, you know, based on the shape that you like the first time, this is the same shape. It's now strapless because you said you wanted to try strapless. Um, we've got a, a little lace jacket that can come off because you wanted your arms covered, but not for the evening. And so we start bringing in all the sort of styling elements that, that we can do. Um, and then normally around sort of an hour, 45 minutes, we're, you know, you're probably exhausted. Um, <laughs> and we've, we've really put, we've really taken the picture from being way out, way, way, way out there. And we've narrowed it right down to two dresses that you love. And what we do at the end of the appointment is we put you back in the two dresses that you loved throughout the appointment. And we see if you love them the second time. And it is instant. Often girls will go, no, I've moved on from this. You know, this was the first one. I've moved on. She's no, she's dead to me now. Let's have the next one. <laughs> and then we'll put the next dress on and, and they'll say, no, I, I still love it. I still love it. I still love it. And, and that's where we would, you know, conclude the, the consultation. Amazing. I mean, there's nothing like actually getting to try on the dress. Because, um, I mean, when you're, when you're doing your research on Pinterest, 
you know, you might come up with something that you really love. Like, I thought originally that I wanted a long-sleeved wedding dress. And then it wasn't till my bridal appointment that she started trying on long-sleeved dresses. I was like, nope, I'm prone to fainting. I'm going to get too hot in this and I'm going to end up on the floor. (laughs) Ellie, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you've adapted your services during covid to now offer brides the opportunity to have a virtual appointment. Um, Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. The virtual appointment was something that that kind of, I looked at last year when we did the first lockdown, but if I'm honest, we weren't ready for it in this country. They were doing it, I have a supplier in the States, and America was shipping dresses out left, right and centre last May and June. And I started, you know, I had focus groups. I talked to brides and said, is this something you're interested in? And they're like, no, we'll be in in July when this is all over. And, you know, that, and, and that was the case. It, we, it wasn't the right thing then. Um, and of course, we get to January this year and I had an incredibly busy December. And my diary for January was full of girls that were coming back to try on their favourite dress. They'd gone away to come back with another, another pair of knickers um, <laughs> or a different friend. And they wanted to put the dress back on and check they still had that magic feeling when they put it back on. And of course, we had to cancel all the appointments. And so um, I decided to start doing virtual appointments with them. And we started off doing virtual appointments with brides that were retries. So we put the the dress that they wanted um, to retry on a mannequin. We talked it through with them. I talked about fit, style, all of that sort of stuff. But still, we got to a point where they were like, I just need to touch it one more time. And I, you know, I get that. It's insane yeah. to, to, to do that. So... I thought, right, um, I need to make this happen. So it did involve a lot of work. I had to sort of reset the website. I had to take out a special insurance policy. I had to befriend DPD again. Um, (laughs) And so we got it all set up and and we've been shipping dresses out to brides. I mean, there's very clear terms and conditions in place for that. Um, But so all the brides that wanted to retry, we've we've seen them and they're all now happily organised. So then we decided to carry on with the virtual appointment. And really what happens now is we brides will contact us and say, right, we want to book a virtual appointment. We'll we'll ascertain where they are in the process Um, for girls that want to, you know, that have got weddings. that are. I mean, I've got girls in June, July, August, September this year that haven't got a dress. And they really need to start making decisions. And so virtual appointments for them has been fantastic. So we do the virtual with them. We talk about the dress that they love or two or three dresses. We, you know, they send me pictures of their bodies and dresses and I look at them and I, and I do virtually literally have the same appointment that I would have in store with them. You know, I look at them, I look at them on the screen, I get them to stand up, I get them to talk to me about all the things we would do in store. So nothing really is missing other than the fact they're not standing in a lovely bridal shop. Um, And then we get to the point where, you know, hopefully we narrow it down to one or two dresses that they absolutely love. And then we agree to ship those dresses to them. there is a 50 pound shipping fee and that delivers the dress to the bride and a return to us and then once the bride has the dress at home we then uh, jump on another virtual call with them and we talk to them about how we can make this dress perfect for them whether it's you know styling adjustments whether it's just about how it's fitting them um, any little changes that we can do any belts that are needed veils 
you know, additional straps or things like that. So we have another virtual appointment with them. Um, and then at the end of that, hopefully they can make decisions or at the end of that, they might go, why? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. My wedding's not till October. I'm going to book an actual appointment in the shop. And when that's the case that they book the actual appointment in the shop, all we've basically done in the virtual is short circuit some time so that when they come into the shop and we reopen, please, in March, um, they've already had a first appointment and they go straight into second appointment, trying on favourites as opposed to, you know, everything's up for grabs. So that's where it works brilliantly. Um, and then for girls that are on a short lead time that are running out of time to buy dresses, it works brilliantly for them. Um, you know, we, we've got six shipments going out today and some of those girls are June and July brides and for them they would not they would not be getting the opportunity to try these dresses on unless we did it um and if they came into us at the end of March and said can you get this dress for me Ellie well, you know the answer would be no I can't um because you know not not just with the Covid issues that we've got going on we can't, can't forget the Brexit word <laughs> and a lot of fabrics are shipped from Europe and Brexit has made an impact on that so the lead times are really really tight with things like that we can't deliver a dress in in two months unless we super speed it so so yeah virtual works in a number of ways one to short circuit your first appointment if you really want to start trying and really want to get ahead and you're short of time and then if you are completely out of time it works brilliantly because we can then ship dresses to you and do the virtual at home and you know so far they've been really successful we had a sale day on saturday last week and we shipped i don't know about 10 dresses after that um, and we've done virtuals with all of those girls. And, and because they're sale dresses, quite a few of them have decided to keep the sample and pay for it. Obviously, if you buy a dress, we take the £50 shipping fee off the price of the dress. But I do need to charge the £50 shipping fee. Otherwise, I'd be sending dresses all over the place and you know, just to girls to play at home in them. So this is really for girls that are serious. And actually, it's been really good fun doing them. I didn't think in the, my wildest dreams that I'd be sitting at home doing virtual appointments with brides in wedding dresses, but they've been really good fun. You know, we've had girls sit down on the Zoom call with glasses of champagne and you know their <laughs> mum in another room with a glass of champagne. So we've had all these like team Zoom meetings and it's been, it's fun. It's fun. It's bizarre what we've adjusted to. But yeah, they're working brilliantly. So they're good fun. So if you're worried or think you're short of time, get in touch and we can talk through whether a virtual is the right thing for you. Amazing. And I think you've touched on this a little bit, but if I found the dress when I was having a virtual appointment with you, obviously, as you say, if it's a sample, they, they keep it. But if it's the dress... What do you end up doing? Do you then um, order it for them and then they come in for a second appointment? Yeah, what we do then, um, Nikita, is we would... Obviously, I can look at I can look at you right now and I can tell you what dress size you are. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it, though. Um, <laughs> so what we would do with the bride in a virtual appointment, if it's a full price dress and she said, this is my dress, my wedding is in August, then I, I can't wait till the end of March to get her in for uh, a measure. But I can look at the dress and know pretty much what size she's going to be. What I would then do is we process the sale in terms of conditions. I would then order with the supplier an approximate size. So I'd say this bride is approximately a size 10 wedding dress, but I will confirm that with you 
on the 1st of April. Um, yeah. So, and then we get you in and do a proper detailed set of measurements. Um, but it's quite easy to look at someone and know what that then enables my supplier to do is to plan production. So, you know, a lot a member of staff to make this dress, make sure the fabric of that dress is um, they've got it in stock. If they haven't got it in stock, get it in stock. So all the wheels go in motion, the buttons, the linings, the zipper, the interfacing, the fabrics, everything gets put together. And then they're just waiting for me to say, yes, this bride is a size 10, but she's got a size eight waist and just confirm everything before delivery. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's how we would go about doing that. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Ellie. Um, so now, uh, last week we asked our followers on Instagram if they had any questions that they wanted to ask you. Um, we did have quite a few and we had to be very selective. So apologies if we couldn't choose your question. Um, so here we go. Here's some. Uh, Hannah asks, how do I choose a veil and decide the length of the veil? OK, so choosing your wedding veil. A couple of things you need to think about. First of all, you need to decide if you're wearing a blusher, uh, and that's the bit that comes over your face. Um, and you need to think about that because once you've been in, you know, go into a ceremony with a blusher over and you flip the, the blusher back, um, you've then got that second line of fabric behind you for the rest of the day. And, you know, if you've got a detailed back, um, that might skew some of the detail on the back. So if you're not really set about wearing it over your face, then I would have a single tear veil. Um, but if you are really set about wearing it over your face, then that's not a discussion point. That's what you have to have. So, so first point, blusher, no blusher. Second point, um, and this really is a personal point, I'm not a massive fan of short veils that stop at the hip. No, um, nor am I. You might remember Kate Middleton wore one. I thought that was a mistake. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just thought it, when you think of the back of a beautiful bride, she's got this gorgeous dress and then her long train, and then there's this big line straight across it where the veil ends. Um, I just don't think it's a detail that you need to have there. I'm a big fan of you, you either have it to the shoulder or full length, just beyond the length of the train of the dress. So always it's just probably about a foot um, beyond the length of the train on your wedding dress. So that's how to decide on the length of the, of the, of the veil, really. Um, and obviously, if you bought your wedding dress, I'm sure the bridal shop um, can help you with the length of the, 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 the veil needs to be to, cover, to, to, to accommodate that so that it sits just beyond the length of the dress. Then the next big thing, and this is the giant thing to do, is decide what kind of detail you want on the veil. So if you've got a lace dress, you might want a soft lace trim. Um, or if, again, you've got a lace dress, you might want no trim because you want the dress to do all the singing. You have to remember the veil is like the cherry on the cake. It's not the star of the show. Um, the dress is the star of the show and, and you in the dress. So you don't want to wear a veil that completely engulfs the dress. Um, I think Meghan Markle's a great example to talk about here because I, I really think she nailed it with her veil. She had a very, very clean dress and then her veil was beautifully long. Love that, way beyond the foot 
behind her dress. I think it was about six feet. Um, but then she had all this beautiful detailed applique because she had no other detail on her dress. So when you've got a dress that's as clean as that, you can carry a beautiful um, applique detail on the veil. Um, equally, she could have worn lace with that plain dress or she could have worn a ribbon edge with that dress. A ribbon edge with a clean dress looks beautiful. Um, so, you know, there's simple, simple, probably the most popular trims are a lace trim, no trim, um, or a ribbon edge trim. And then if you have no trim, you can have pearls, you can have diamante, you can have little butterflies. <laughs> it goes on forever. There's thousands of options. But the first thing to decide is blusher, no blusher, decide on the length, and then decide on the trim based on um, what your dress looks like and what you want to enhance your dress with rather than overpower. Yeah, amazing. That It sounds like there's almost as many veil options as there are dresses. <laughs> <laughs> I think <that. laughs> um, Okay, we got another question here from Madeline. How can you store your dress if your wedding is postponed? Great question, Madeline. Loads of girls out there will want the answer to this one. Um, I'm assuming you've picked your dress up from your wedding shop. Um, and I have hundreds of girls that had to do this with us last year. When, when you get your dress home, hopefully it will be all beautifully packed. It will be in acetate free, free tissue, so it won't cause any discoloration. It will be in a bridal bag. The perfect answer to that is to keep it hanging so that it's not buckling at any point. So, you know, most wardrobes these days aren't that tall, but hang it on a curtain rail, cover it with a sheet, um, keep it away from heat. Don't put it in the conservatory where it's cold and damp, um, just in a well-ventilated room, really high. If that's not an option, because the groom's hovering around, then um, lying it flat under a bed is also a good alternative. As long as you don't have kittens or cats, or squirrels or anything that could get to it, <laughs> make sure it's flat um, and pet free is, is the best thing. The worst thing to do is fold it in half because you might get a crease that you'll never get out um, and make sure that you're not squishing it so that any boning in the bodice gets buckled. But if you're in any way worried about it, I'd get in touch with the bridal studio. They'll know the dress that you've got and they'll give you some really good advice on how to store it. Amazing. Thank you, Ellie. Um, and we've got one more question from Emma. Um, she wants to know about recommended underwear um, and also where she can shop for it. Back to the underwear conversation, aren't we? If I had a pound for every conversation I had about bra and pants in the last 15 years, <laughs> I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> um, underwear, it's always got to be skin tone. So, you know, if you have pale, pale skin, you've got to go nude. If you have dark or black skin, then you want to have as near to skin tone as you can buy. Um, I recommend Marks and Spencer's nude, no VPL underwear always. It's a good price. It's a good product. Um, and, you know, it depends on your dress, but if you, if you have a dress that has, that's got a waisted corset and then a straight skirt, get the knickers up to the waist because <clears throat> if you think about wearing a really tight pencil skirt or a skinny skirt, you don't want a pair of knickers lying across it. It's the same in your wedding dress. So get your knickers to, to finish at your waist. Um, and if you've got a really fitted, fitted dress, and it's a soft see-through-ish type fabric, like a crepe or something like that, then I would get a pair of knickers um, down to just above your knees. So almost like shorts, Spanx are great for that. 
Um, the best bit of advice other than that is buy a size up. Don't, you don't want knickers that are tight because if they're tight, you will get a bulge line in your dress. So always go a size up with your knickers. So if you're a 12 by a 14, as long as they're not baggy and just make sure you don't have any lines in them. If you can see, if you can see any bulges of skin, then it will show through on a fitted dress. So um, M&S or John Lewis, other retailers are available. <laughs> um, no, no VPL. Nude if you've got light skin, darker if you've got darker skin, and to the knees and to the waist are the best. And you can always change later. So Ellie, thank you so much for talking us through all of that today. Brilliant. Listen, it's been really good fun. And thank you for asking me to come and chat. It's um, I know all the brides out there at the moment are having a really tough time. So I think all these podcasts and great information to them is is keeping it alive and and giving them you know positive vibes that it is going to happen and this is great stuff that they can crack on with now rather than waiting until we reopen yeah absolutely um it's been really great to hear insights i'm sure the listeners will have found all of that really interesting and useful um especially for when they're preparing to shop for their wedding outfit and if you want to learn more about ellie sanderson's bridal boutiques both in woodstock or beaconsfield uh, we have included the links to those in the show notes yeah, why not go and have a virtual appointment booked in with Ellie and see if you're able to find your dream wedding dress. And of course, the show notes will also have lots of resources and relevant links to help you with your wedding dress search, um, including the link to our essential guide to bridal wear um, and the listings of all the amazing bridal boutiques right near you. So make sure to check those out at guidesforbrides.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Thanks so much for listening today and we'll be back in a couple of weeks time to discuss wedding stationery. So make sure you're subscribed so that episode will land straight in your library when it's live. And while you're waiting, you can of course check us out on our social channels too, at Guides for Brides, um, and also get in touch with thousands of fantastic wedding suppliers, venues and bridal boutiques over at guidesforbrides.co.uk. Thanks again for joining us today and we look forward to chatting again in a couple of weeks. Bye! Bye.